Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Paul learned how to have that joyful attitude in difficult situations. In fact, when you get to Romans 8, here's what Paul says. God's for you. He's not against you. Rejoice. God is at work in your life. He'll work all things together for good. Rejoice. Now, that's difficult because sometimes we don't see that happening. See, Christ is the source of our joy. Christ is in control of every circumstance in your life today. Everyone. And at the end of the thing, understand this. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on, let's choose joy. It's pretty much impossible to be happy all of the time. Sure, you might be able to be chipper and smiley-faced a lot of the time, but let's be honest, there are times where you feel like you've been through a big meat grinder. That, however, has nothing to do with joy. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the biblical principle of joy and why it has absolutely nothing to do with your emotions. You'll learn what joy is and, more importantly, what the source of joy is. You'll come to understand God's role in joy, as well as the personal responsibility you have for embracing and maintaining your own joy. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he begins his message, our all-knowing God knows. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, Paul is ending his letter to the believers at the Thessalonian church. He's finishing the first letter he sent. In this letter, he's writing to, just like I'm looking out here in Melbourne, the people in the church. And he's giving them a command that has to do with three key principles. And it's all about our attitudes in life. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. But this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, as you look at that, Don't raise your hand. There's nobody here, because I have to call you a liar if you raise your hand. There's nobody here that does that exactly right. Can you agree with me? I'm always joyful, Pastor Mark, doesn't matter what happens. I pray 24-7. And when difficult things come in life, I'm just thankful to God. Thank you, God, for wrecking my car. (laughs) Of course not. It's difficult, isn't it? When you see that, you go, Hello, Paul, what are you doing? That's impossible. But notice, you'll understand how this works. The Christian faith is nothing if it is not practical and practiced. So what Paul is doing is challenges. He has never reached this. He never will reach it. But we move closer to it as we go. 
But here's what you discover. He's talking about our attitudes in life. We'll never be perfect even with our attitudes, but we work toward that. Chuck Swindoll, many years ago, probably more than 25 years ago, I came across this quote from Pastor Chuck Swindoll. By the way, he's still teaching today. I think he's 85, and he's an amazing teacher. Look what he says. I quote, I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Whoa. 10% what happens and 90% how I react to it. And then Chuck says this, and so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. See, some people use this excuse. Oh, Pastor Mark, I don't have that kind of attitude. That wasn't in my DNA from my parents. That's nothing but a lousy excuse. See, I am in charge of my attitudes. You can't blame it for someone else. And so let's just go through those three keys that are challenges to all of us, including, obviously, myself. Be joyful always. Do you know, in our Bible, the shortest verse in the Bible in English is Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Greek New Testament is that verse, always be joyful. Less letters than any other. And yet, all of us struggle at time with Paul's command, every single one of us. See, life happens We experience the ups and downs of everyday life. I don't know what you've experienced this last week. Could be one of these great weeks, it's just like that. Could be one of these weeks, it's like that. Could be one of these weeks, it's like that. But Paul says, always be joyful. Now, the issue is, when life happens, how do we respond to the ups and downs of life? In Philippians, the whole book of Philippians that Paul wrote, The whole goal of it, the whole key of it, is being joyful. That's what his whole book's about. And he tells us how to do that. So there's two things that you have to separate. Here are two things to write down. Happiness depends on the circumstances of life. If your team is winning, man, you're happy. If they're losing, man, you're not happy. That's the way life is. Now, Lynn and I just got back last weekend... We were in Mazalan, Mexico at YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and I was teaching some people, actually many leaders from all over the world, more than 30 countries were there, and I was teaching them. And we had a great time. As you know, we have two or three couples who are leaving their positions, their jobs, two of them with four kids, and they're moving to Mazalan as missionaries. That's a blessing for that nation. Can you imagine picking up everything? They are getting ready to put a boat in the water that's going to be a mercy boat. It goes up and down the Mexico area where people never get health. They never get injections. They never get cataracts being done. And one of our doctor couples are going to do that on that boat. Just amazing, amazing. Plus, there's no churches, so they're going to minister to them. At the same time, amen? Well, while we were there, we had a great time, and we came home, and we took an all-life flight from Los Angeles last Monday night, and, you know, leaves at 11 o'clock and gets in at 6.30 in the morning. This is all about circumstances. So we get in our car, had it parked, and we're driving home. 
And it wasn't long before I couldn't see out of my window. (laughs) You're finally getting it. (laughs) They're little black things. All the white is not their guts, it's eggs. In case you didn't know that. You know what I'm talking about, right? I was happy. I was great. You had a great trip. Ugh. So when you get home and you fly all night, what do I have to do? Well, I just let them bake on the car. You know I'm not stupid. So what do I have to do? I have to wash the car. Aren't you glad that they've kind of left now, that they're left? Are you glad? Now, if you're a car wash owner, no, you're not glad, but that's your trouble. So understand, happiness depends on the circumstances of life. We felt great when we left the airport until we started driving. Well, joy can't be found in our circumstances because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here's the second comment. The joy of the Lord is based on our living personal relationship with Jesus. That never changes. Real joy has nothing to do with happiness. Joy is based on that living relationship. Paul learned how to have that joyful attitude in difficult situations. In fact, when you get to Romans 8, here's what Paul says. God's for you. He's not against you. Rejoice. God is at work in your life. He'll work all things together for good. Rejoice. Now, that's difficult because sometimes we don't see that happening. See, Christ is the source of our joy. Christ is in control of every circumstance in your life today. Everyone. And at the end of the thing, understand this. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on. Let's choose joy. Now, the next one, even difficult. Same. Look at verse 17. Pray continually. Many people, when they read that, think, Pastor Mark, are you kidding? 24-7? I have to pray continually? Look, if I had to pray continually right now, you'd hear no sermon. Of course not. What that simply means is that we are praying, and you start it off with a daily prayer. You have a quiet time. You have a devotional time in the morning, or when the kids get off to school, or whatever. You just take 15 or 10 or whatever minutes. Read a scripture. Pray to God. Now, I'm just going to challenge you as I go through. Do you do that? I don't want people to respond. Ask yourself. You see, that prayer is a two-way conversation with God. He wants to talk with you, and he absolutely wants to hear you. Now, when that happens, that means that's a priority in my life. It has to be an ongoing thing. But now then when the day goes and the devotional time's over, here I am in real life. And I'll have things happen in my life. I'll be at work. It's a difficult day. Difficult things happen. I have to make some decisions over there. Is there any chance that we would maybe shoot up a short prayer to God, say, help? If you don't, I don't know how you live because you're not smart enough to do life by yourself. That's why we have God. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. It's an ongoing communication with God throughout the day because you're doing life with God. Now, don't be weird about it. You're out to lunch and you tell a person, well, I'm trying to make a decision here. Excuse me, let me pray for 10 minutes. They will never join you for lunch again. So understand, Paul, when he wrote that book of Philippians, look what he says. Do not be anxious about anything. I won't even go there. But in everything, read it with me, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I always write it like this. I have this written in my Bibles. Worry about 
no thing. And what? Pray about everything. Pastor Mark, I really don't need that. Oh, yes, you do. And so do I. Then the last one is a little complicated. Look at verse 18. Give thanks. And if you like to write in your Bible, this is a good time to do it. In, circle the word in. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, this verse does not say give thanks for all things. Not at all. It says in all things. Now, actually, no matter what the circumstances, it's hard for you and I to do that. It's actually impossible unless we're directed by God. Nothing can happen to us unless God allows it. That's the sovereignty of God. The title of today's teaching is simply this. Our all-knowing God knows what he's doing. And you'll see that as it goes through. Now, it won't seem that way to you and me, because some things we just don't understand. But our God is all-knowing. He's sovereign. And nothing can happen to you unless God allows it, with one exception. If you actually disobey God and head down a road going your own way, what happens to you is not covered by God. It's covered by your mistake. And what happens is something very common. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. And that suffering isn't from God. That's him kind of disciplining us so that we will come back to the Heavenly Father. Amen? So understand... If you think about this, we covered enjoy, pray. By the way, when you pray, you have to pray first. The Bible says simply this. Seek the kingdom of God first, and everything else falls in place. You know what I do sometimes? I make a decision, and then I go, whoops, forgot to ask God. Ever done that? And you get out there and go, what is wrong with me? No, I'm not sure. Pastor Mark, should I wear the black shoes this morning or the brown shoes this morning? That's for your wife to decide. And you just go on. You don't have to pray about that, for crying out loud. After 52 years, I've learned a few things with my wife. So it's not only pray first, it's pray right. You want the will of God. You don't want your will, because his will is always better. Now, look at this. God's will for your life. You want to know what God's? For pastors, that's one of the common questions we all get, all pastors. What is God's will for my life? Well, I will never tell anybody what God's will is directly for the life. Should I marry him, 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 Except I'll go by the scripture, and I'll say, if it doesn't meet this and this and this, no, you can't do that, whatever. That's up to you, but that's wrong. If it's one of those things, you just go back to the scriptures. If the scriptures like, go back to the principles. I don't tell people. But here, Paul is telling us the will of God. Notice what I just read to you. When you think about that verse, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. Well, what is God's will for us? There it is. There it is. What? Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. Pastor Mark, I could never do that. He's not asking for us to do it perfectly. But anything God commands us to do, he equips me to do. He enables me to do it. So we are striving to do that. We're never going to make it, but we're working on that. Now, I want you to turn. Some of you have never turned there in a long time. I want you to turn to the Old Testament, second book in the Bible. Just get your Bible, turn it to it. Exodus chapter 2. Let me give you a little summary. 
And I'm going to work in moms through this. And all the things we learned, those three keys, I'm going to work in through this story. Now, if you were here when we went through the story of Joseph in Genesis, you remember this. The nation of Israel had been designed by God, and there was all kinds of things happening with Abraham and Jacob and his sons and all those kind of things. And then Joseph came along, and his brothers hated him. They were jealous of him. And they were out one day, and they took Joseph, and they threw him into a pit. And they were going to kill him. That's how much they hated Joseph. But one of the brothers said, no, 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 we don't need to kill him. Let's sell him as a slave. And sure enough, there came a caravan, and they sold their brother, Joseph, he was young, to a group of guys that were just selling slaves. And he was sold to Egypt, and the country of Egypt, under Pharaoh. And the next many years, it was really ups and downs for Joseph. I mean, he got claimed that he raped his leader, the wife. It was all a lie. Got threw into prison, you remember? And he's in the prison suffering. He's, I'm th- he's saying, well, I'm thankful in all circumstances, God. And he's there, and he helps two guys that, uh, that were in the prison. And one guy says to him, oh, I will definitely tell Pharaoh when I get out of here and be free. I'll tell him that you're the guy that got me encouraged and got out of here. Well, what happened? He forgot it. So eventually, he spends all this time in prison. But then did God come through? Yeah, because when he finally got to Pharaoh, he had to take a shower, he got to shave, whatever. You know what happened to him? He became the second in command in Egypt, the most powerful country in the world in those days. So he moved from prison in a matter of days to the second most powerful. Well, while he was there, to tell you what happened, His family lived in Israel, not in Egypt. The problem was, there was a famine. God gave him a plan. He did all of that kind of stuff. They'd stored food. And he got his whole family from Israel to move. There wouldn't have been a lot of them. To move to this country, Egypt. And Pharaoh loved Joseph. He says, do what you want. You're fine. Just do what you want. So he got to move his whole family there. And his family knew they were going to be there 400 years because God had already predicted that. So they're in this condition right now. Let me just tell you something. As you go through, you're going to see why this happened. If Joseph doesn't go through this suffering, which was ordained by God, Israel would have never made it as a nation. They would have died in Israel. They had no food. The whole nation would have died. You say, well, what's the big deal with that, Pastor Mark? Well, from the beginning of time, when God created the nation of Israel, Jesus the Messiah was to come through the line of the Israelites. If they're gone, there's no line for Jesus to come. If Jesus doesn't come, we're going home right now. There's nothing for us. We're going to hell. We're separate. We have no savior. But that saved the nation of Israel. And because of that, we're here today worshiping our all-knowing God. Do you understand that? You say, that's too complicated for me. Complicated for you. What do you got? went, well, let's see what I can do here. I'll work on this. He had the plan from the beginning of time. Understand, God knows what he's doing. Now, we don't know it. Joseph didn't know it. He didn't understand all that. And you're going to see what happens. So we pick it up 
right here and watch this next verse. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. Eventually, a new king, a new pharaoh came in power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. So Joseph's died, all his brothers have died, but the nation of Israel's still there. And he said to his people, this new pharaoh, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us, are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. And they will escape from the country. See, they love them being the slaves. Now, they weren't really hard on them yet, but watch what happens. They will escape. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They were just in the country at this point, but they didn't want them to live. So they made them their slaves. And notice, I'll read it to you in the New Living. They appointed brutal slave drivers with them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. So God blessed the Israelites. They were producing lots of children. They were growing, growing, growing way more than Egypt was growing. And all of a sudden, these guys, that the leader, the pharaoh, evil man goes, we got to stop that growth. So what they were trying to do with this, they were brutal. They were beating them. They were doing all kinds of things. And you can understand, it's very simple as you watch this. But the more the Egyptians opposed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. And the more alarmed the Egyptians became. Now, who caused them to continue to have babies and grow with strength after being beaten during the day. Who caused that? Who allowed that? God did. See, if you're a slave and you're the dad, you're the husband, you're beaten during the day. You're so tired you can't even get up to get home. Well, you're going to make love that night? No, you're just absolutely wiped out. That was his plan. Make the guy so miserable, so beaten up, so hurt, they will never have any more children. Well, God honored it somehow. And here comes more kids. Now, what's Pharaoh going to do? Just sit back? Not a chance. Look at verse 15. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shephira and Puah. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth on the birthing stools that they'd have, maybe just a rock in those days, watch as they deliver. This is from Pharaoh, the ruler. If the baby is a boy, kill him. Does that sound familiar to you? Hello? Anybody connected with the news today? You know the last thing that happened in New York State, and now it's happening all over the states. You can kill a baby legally in New York. The baby comes right out of the womb, and the mother says, eh, don't want the baby. They will kill the baby right there. This is in the United States. It's spreading everywhere. Of course, they call it not murder because the baby's not human. Are you an idiot or what? Now, think about this. This is 2,000 more years ago, many, many more years ago. Satan never changes. You know why? His goal has always been what? Steal, kill, destroy. In the message today, Pastor Mark talked about the character traits that should be in every Christ follower. You also learned the difference between joy and happiness. Pastor Mark reminded you about your need to have a praying mindset. You were shown through the story of Moses' parents how these character traits will help you to be a courageous follower of God. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Our All-Knowing God Knows What He's Doing. You'll hear a warning against going your own way, away from God, and then blaming Him for the consequences. Pastor Mark will tell the story of Moses' parents, Amram and Jochebed, and how their faith in God worked itself out in their lives and how this can apply to you. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.